This is Life Transformation Radio. Prepare to engage. Seatbelt activated. Download initiated. Your quantum journey of transformation begins in 3, 2, 1. Welcome to Life Transformation Radio. Hi, I'm Rob Actis, best-selling author of The Law of Action, voice actor, business mindset coach, the podcast whisperer, and Mr. Action himself. Here at Life Transformation Radio, we are committed to share more about real life, love, the power of positivity, romance, and of course, laughter. We care about helping others find their internal drive and purpose. We celebrate life's challenges and overcoming them. On the show, my guests are amazing people who are forces for good in the world around them and live a life of transformation. My guest today does just that. Today, Donnie Bovine and I discuss how believe in yourself to build the life you want. So if you wanna learn ways to get motivated, achieve more, and get shit done, this is the show for you. Donnie, new friend of mine, five-time best-selling author and entrepreneur, serves as CEO and founder of Success Champions and Success Champion Networking. He's considered one of the leading global minds on sales, business development, and business growth. He is a community builder at heart. He builds champions. And today he helps small business owners leverage sales and business development to grow and then scale their business through Success Champion Networking. Badass Business Summit, Champions Table Masterminds, and the Champions 90 Challenge. Donnie, welcome to Life Transformation Radio. Rob, what is going on, brother, man? I am so stoked to hang out with you. I really hope that my voice can sound as sexy as yours does. I'm going to work on it, but but, but, brother, thanks for having me on. I'm stoked to hang out with you uh, and, and tell my story and see what the hell turns up. Absolutely. Well, you know, first of all, uh, I want to thank you for your service because I know you're in the Marine for 20 years. Marines for 20 no, years. No, I wasn't and, in for 20 years. I was in for four. Uh, two, four, 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 four. In for four. Four and then did 20 years straight commission sales afterwards. Ah, okay. Brenna, you're fired. Your notes are all wrong. <laughs> okay, you're not fired. Just kidding. You're okay, uh, Come work for me. I'll hire you. Okay. No, you're not fired. Okay, good. Perfect. All right, perfect. Well, thanks for your service. Four years. Oh, my still a lot. Now, did you uh, serve? Um, I never went a, overseas. Never did? Uh, I, mean, okay. I never went over. So I was in between the wars. So I got out right after Desert Storm. I got, and I, or I got in right after Desert Storm, out right before Kosovo took off. So um, I served in the Clinton era. That'll tell everybody everything you need. The only thing I mean by that is... There were just no military conflicts that happened. Um, right. So uh, I did go to Norway. I spent a little time in Ireland, but they were all on uh, military operations, not from a battle zone, if you will. Yeah. If you're going to be in the military, you want to hit it, time it so that there's no world conflicts. So you can just kind of like Actually, uh, serve and be there. That. And no, no, I'm going to disagree. You want the world conflicts. If you're going to the military, you want, and, and the only reason is if you serve during my time, your time is going to be miserable as hell. Because ah. all you do is sit back and freaking inventory gear, you know, do do training and practice and everything. Not that anybody ever really need, wants to go to war, needs to go to war. Anything, right. like, that's not what I'm saying. I'm saying if you're going to serve, you're going to want to serve where there's action. You can go do something versus sitting back and twiddling your fucking thumbs. 
Well, plus you're a Marine, so, you know, there's that. Uh, right. You know, so it's like if you can lean, you can clean. Is that kind of what happens? Yeah, pretty, much, pretty much. <laughs> pretty oh, much. Pretty much. Oh, man. I don't know well, sure if you it, need to be able to lean, you know, as long as you, you know, produce oxygen, you know, you're, you're in. Oh, that is funny. So you, you did four years in the Marines. Thanks for your service for that. And I'm sure during that time, you learned some serious discipline, especially the Marines. That's, that's what you know, the I'm Marines gonna, is really all about. Yeah, I had a, a lot of discipline from mom and dad before I went in. Um, I will tell you that the Marine Corps made me grow up would probably be the biggest ah. thing it did for me. Cause I, you know, I was a punk kid that went in with a chip on my shoulder. So, uh, going through and being in several situations where somebody was telling me what to do and I had no choice in the matter. That was a, that was a pretty rude awakening. Um, you know, uh, I would tell anybody that my experience in the Marine Corps was a wonderful, amazing experience. I did my four and got the fuck out. Um, funny. I love it. You know, I'm just, I'm still not a guy that likes being told what to do. And, you know, uh, I like my freedom and my ability to make my own choices. So uh, the Marine Corps is definitely going to beat you down to what they need so they can mold you into the machine they need you to be molded into. So uh, uh, I became what they needed me to become, which was a heavy drinker that did a lot of dumb things while I was in and was prepared in case all hell broke loose and they needed us somewhere. So there you go. I'm, I'm glad that you made it through. You, you, you made it through unscathed, which is a wonderful thing. And well, thanks for your service. My, I wouldn't say unscathed. My, my, my body's a little still broken from it. But <laughs> so they do beat yeah. the hell out of you. Absolutely. Absolutely. It's, it's, you know, all the life experience that we have. So your parents gave you the discipline. The Marines gave you the, you know, Donnie going to wake up. And I personally don't like to be told what to do. That's, yeah. I just leave me alone. I'll, I'll leave me alone. That's kind of the way that I, I tend to operate. Yep. For sure. You know, it, it's, it's interesting how the little things in our life and the doors that we open and close bring us to where we are today. So you wish you served in the military, you got out of the military. Then what'd you do? So I did 20 years straight commission sales. So I've never really had a salary job in my life. Um, I turned 40 before I even knew you could do this thing called being an entrepreneur, start your own business. It just, it wasn't something that was in my household. I mean, in my world, you grew up, you got a job, you work for other people and you retired. I mean, that, that was life. So when I turned 40, I started hearing a lot of guys like Gary Vee, Tim Ferriss, Tom Bilyeu, you know, all these people talking, Jen Sincero talking about, you know, you can be an entrepreneur, but I had a great career. I was working for a company called Sandler Training and supposedly became one of the top sales trainers in the country. Not really sure what that means other than I'm really good at flapping my gums in front of a room. <laughs> but uh, in Sandler, I picked up partner during a fateful conversation. Um, I decided to no longer be a partner. I didn't no longer buy that company out, or my franchise, I should say, out. And I launched my company. Um, my first year in business, I was under an international non-compete, couldn't talk about sales, sales training, business development, sales management anywhere in the world. So wow. my first year in business was an absolute nightmare. Um, we almost lost the farm. 
My wife had to cash in her 401k to literally save our farm and get her Jeep back from repossession because I pissed all of our money away trying to throw money at building a business. You know, and I want to uh, go back to that because that's a really incredible story. I mean, just to, I don't want you just to just like, just gloss over that. That's really incredible. So you're in business, you're married, you have a wife that's very, very supportive of you. And I, I want you to share that <laughs> Good, I'll story. tell that like I, I usually tell it. So uh, I was about six months into the business and was super confused about what my business was. I walk out the back door of my farm um, and to give people a little bit more perspective. So I have a full working farm with goats, chickens, ducks, geese, you know, the whole nine yards. And I built a second house on the property for my mother-in-law because I wanted her close as she got older. I didn't want her to run across town. So if she had any needs or things, we could be right here and take care of her. So, I mean, in, in some sense, we had built the life of a successful person and a lifestyle. And then I decided to launch a company. So six months into running the business, I walk out the back door of my farm and my wife's Jeep's missing. I knew my wife was asleep upstairs, but the Jeep's gone. And so I called the police and I said, hey, I believe my wife's Jeep's been stolen. And they said, no, sir, it's been repossessed. And I knew I was going to have to go wake my wife up and tell her the rest of the story, which was at that point, the mortgage was three months behind and she had no idea. She had not know how bad it had actually gotten. So um, she went in Monday morning, cashed in her 401k, literally got her Jeep back and saved the farm. And if we would have lost a farm, her mother would have lost her place to live too um, because it's all on one property. And so, so she looked at me and said, Donnie, get off your ass and go sell something. Now, any person of that right mind or any other relationship a lot of people wouldn't have held up during that moment but she you know chose to stand beside me um and allow me to get after it and i'm I'm literally writing the book right now called the shit my wife said that changed my life um because she's just too many times at pivotal moments said things like get off your ass and go sell something that have transformed the direction of my world um and from there uh you know, J.K. Rowling said it best that that rock bottom was a foundation of which she built her life. And, you know, we're following that same kind of philosophy of, dude, we've been to the worst it can get. So, um, you know, and we went from there to where I am now running three companies, having one of the top podcasts in the world by best selling books in a partridge in a pear tree. And so now I use kind of that moment as a huge teaching moment for a lot of entrepreneurs going through it, going, look, don't make yourself an island. It's fucking hard to build a business, right? You're yeah. going to get your damn teeth kicked in. Raise your hand, say, I don't know what the fuck I'm doing and ask for help because there are good people out there that are willing, like me, to just say, hey, this is shit I fucked up. Here's the things that I'm doing. Come do these type of things. Let's build a business. Yeah, you know? it's, it's a great, I love that, how you know she made a decision to stand by you and I'm sure she kicked your ass afterwards and say look what you did you know yeah. i'm sure she did and well, she'll she'll tell you that being married to an entrepreneur is very much like riding passenger seat in a car doing a couple hundred miles per hour there's no steering wheel and no seat belts yeah you just hold on to whatever you can grab you know 
Exactly. Um, and, you know, the thing is, there's the big lose, the losses, and then there's the big wins. It's, it's, it's nice when you get to celebrate the wins with a partner like that. And I think sure. it's, it's, it's really um, a testament of your relationship because a lot of people in that situation, I mean, look, you know, hey, your Jeep got repossessed. We're three months back. We're, we're going to lose everything. And a lot of people would say, well, you know what? I'm going to greener pastures. See you, pal. Yeah, and you figure sure. it out. Yeah. Um, she, I would say for us both, we're cut from a little bit different cloth. I mean, her, her parents had 55 years before her daddy passed away. My parents uh, have, are celebrating 51 or 52 years this year um, and still going. So we come from good stock. That's um, great. And, you know, it's gotten fun. So I was just spent four days in Atlanta, Georgia, doing a a four day speaking engagement. And I talk like I talk, like just like I'm talking now, you know, and I'm up on stage, 250 people in the audience, you know, some heavy hitting CEO executives and things. And, you know, I'm telling people, though, that if you're going to try and make it in the entrepreneurial world, you're going to have to eat a lot of shit and screw a lot of things up. And they went to a Q&A session at the end. And this one gal in the back stood up and she goes, you're my spirit animal. It's because the whole room <laughs> loses it, right? I could not wait to come home and tell Elizabeth that story that I'd had so much fun up on the stage that, you know, this gal stood up and said, you know, I'm her spirit animal. I, I just, I just, that was just a cool moment. I couldn't wait to share it with her. That's a wonderful thing. You know, let's talk about that. So, you built this business, but you had a really incredible um, last few days. Uh, share that because it was a big win for you. You had some doors open for you that were really, really incredible. And it's a, it's a testament to who you are and how you show up in this world. Yeah, I mean, and it's it's taken me five years. And I want people to understand that context because I think often when we hear people talk about some of these big wins we we often find ourselves in this kind of comparison game of well of course they did it because of xyz right so it's taken me five years to get to what just happened in this last four days and what happened is um i was interviewed on a podcast uh called um be a tactical leader hosted by zach knight and zach and i hit it off really 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 well and became fast friends um, Zach found out about my badass business summit that we host here in September in Fort Worth, Texas every year. And as soon as we were done with the interview, he immediately bought two VIP tickets to attend the summit. So he came out to the summit and because he brought a VIP ticket, we allowed anybody who bought a VIP to submit a video to be able to speak on our stage. Well, he won one of the six spots to get on, spa- on stage. And so did uh, Taylor, who he brought with him. And so I put Zach and Taylor both on our stage to speak in front of do a six minute speeches in front of the audience. And the deal was of those VIPs, whoever won that kind of, you know, stage would come back as a speaker at the summit next year. So Zach and Taylor were both very high on the votes to come back. So they're both going to come speak at the Badass Business Summit next year was kind of almost a return the favor. He had this four days coming up where he had a, his mastermind that he runs was meeting. So they started off Monday with a three hour workshop of teaching these business owners how to grow and scale their business. And then the next day, 
Um, there's this thing called Battle Brews, which is an after hours where they bring a lot of small business owners. We did a freaking speech at a small brewery um, that had a speakeasy in it and stuff. It, it was so cool. So a bunch of people showed up for that. And then Wednesday morning. Uh, so the first workshop was in what's called the Buckhead Club, which is like your hoity-toity uh, business club. Then we read the speakeasy. And then on Wednesday, that for morning lunchtime, we were in the Queen Tower because there's a king Queen Towers in freaking uh, Atlanta. So we were in the Queen Tower talking to a bunch of business owners and things there. And then we capped off the night um, doing at, uh, it's called Vetlanta. So they brought in some of the heaviest hitters of veterans in the Atlanta marketplace. And it was at the History Museum for Atlanta. So I got to speak in a history museum to 250 veteran business owners. Uh, did a couple panels there as well. I also did uh, several podcast interviews while I was there. I mean, it was just a frenzy of very, very cool activity and something I've wanted to do for a lot of time. And I just happened to be able to package it up at one go. I'm really, really proud that I got that opportunity. Absolutely. Yeah, it was great. It was fun to watch watch your posts on Facebook and to see that all unfold and your excitement about it. And what's really cool about that is that the transformations that have occurred just for you to be there and to really realize that you have done the work, you walk your talk and with momentum and taking massive inspired action, you have gotten the results that you're getting and continue to get. Yeah, I would say two things to that. Uh, I would have told you when I first started a business that I deserved that room in this time five years ago. I can tell you looking back, that guy five years ago was a fucking moron. And hadn't earned the stripes to be on those stages. The second thing is, as I'm going to challenge the phrase massive action, because I think people get hung up on massive action. I took consistent daily action. That's what allowed me to win. Usually when people hear massive action, they think they got to go do something crazy and obnoxious. And massive action is really a, a moment of time. You have to take a a quick leap of faith right then and there. So for me, I mean, everything that I've done has been compounded interest. I have been putting in the work and time daily doing the things I need to do to be able to have this stuff happen five years into running the company. Yeah, you're an overnight success. Yeah, right. <laughs> if I took five so, years to be an overnight success. But when I talk about massive inspired action, so... Based on my book, The Law of Action, we talk about decide, plan, and act. And it's really all about that burst. It's decide, yeah. you plan, and then you go, boom, and you do it. And the, the nice thing about when you take massive inspired action, it doesn't have to be a giant leap. It's just being in a forward momentum. And the other thing about that that people tend to forget is that you can shift and pivot. It gives you an opportunity when you're, even if you take a small leap of action, you can shift and pivot. So it's okay to correct and go, oh, that didn't work. Now what do I do? You just Ooh. want that forward momentum. That's Watch what this. gets you. To, yeah. That's what I'm gets you to your happily ever after. I agree. I agree. I'm about to blow your mind. This is something that, so I do my morning walk. So on the farm, four o'clock every morning, I'm out doing a morning walk, pitch dark, usually a podcast playing. It allows me to focus with my ADHD. I have to be distracted to learn. That's why I doodled yeah. all through school, right? So <laughs> um, one morning as I'm on my walk, um, they weren't even talking about life, entrepreneurship or anything. And I don't remember which podcast I was listening to. Um, but the guy said, this is an experiment. 
And my mind does like it does sometimes and just starts going down all this crazy paths. And then I stopped right in the middle of my walk and went, son of a bitch, life is a damn experiment. And I said, if life is an experiment, there's no failure. We just learn not how to do it. The only time you fail is if you quit. And so Absolutely. I've been teaching this entire philosophy of life being an experiment. You're not failing. You're learning how not to do something, which means you got to go back and try another experiment, another trial, another run at it to figure it out. And the number of people right now that are blowing up my DMs and talking about this whole idea of life being an experiment is when you know you hit the right you know, vein. And usually for me, if it lights me up when I think about it or I've heard it, I'm like, ooh, that's a path we're going to chase for a little while. So uh, it, it's been fun putting that out there. Absolutely love it. Yeah. You know, that's a whole nother conversation about uh, entrepreneurs with ADHD. Uh, <laughs> it's, you know, it's a common you, theme. I, it's a very common theme. And uh, it's interesting right now, talk about transformation. Uh, there's a, a nationwide shortage of Adderall <clears throat> at the moment. There was a strike at the Adderall plant, the largest producer of it. And then they fired all the workers. So there's no Adderall. So I know a ton of people that are on Adderall that are entrepreneurs that have ADHD and uh, the struggle is real. They are really, really struggling. They just, you just can't get it. It's not anywhere to be found. And it's very challenging uh, just to be an entrepreneur anyways. Then to have ADHD, that, that gets on top of it. And then if you have, you know, you've been diagnosed and you, you have your prescription for Adderall and you've used that, to get you where you need to go, it just kind of like uh, lowers the RPMs for people with ADHD. It just kind of lowers. Like it's amazing because I just got back on Adderall after being on it for a long time, and I was amazed. I'm like, I almost am asleep. It just really calmed me down, and it was amazing. And now I'm counting down the days because I'm like, uh, I have nine more days, <laughs> and then there's no Adderall. God knows what's going to happen because I know I know what it's like in my brain. And uh, I think it's just going to be longer days. That's what I think. Because it, it takes us longer to do stuff. So I get be, extremely frustrated with myself when I'm off Adderall. And, 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 and for me, I mean, I didn't get diagnosed with ADHD until I was 45. So, yeah. and as I tell everybody, I said, you know, getting that diagnosis was an excuse for why I was such an asshole growing up. But it's a damn good explanation. And, right. you know, I, I will take Adderall breaks every once in a while. Um, just because I want to make sure that's not something that I ever got addicted to or the, or, or the likes. And let me right. tell you, I cannot properly function the way I need to, to the level I need to running a company, unless I have Adderall unscrambling my fucking brain. Because yeah. it, there's just too many moving parts and too many things. And I get physically exhausted trying to mentally keep all tabs and all this stuff. It's insanity to me. Yeah, it is. It's, a, it's, it's interesting how, you know, our brain works in that capacity. And like I said, I'm feeling a little anxious right now because I just <laughs> said out loud, it's nine days till I don't have any more. And I have a few friends right now that are just really struggling. They're trying to run their companies. They don't have Adderall. And it's, it's, it's taking a lot, a lot out of them. It's, you know, you can, you do the processes and procedures, but I will say one thing about the Adderall is that 
if you really have ADHD and it is speed, I mean, it's an amphetamine and it is speed and it jacks you up. If you really have ADHD, it doesn't jack you up. It calms you way down. It lowers your RPMs and you're just able to, to see things a little bit different. The one thing that I saw, I don't know if you see this, but you know, I've been on it for a while and now that I'm on it, it's fascinating So I'm like, oh my God, my life is just a freaking mess that I had no idea because now I see, because usually I'm the freaking, uh, what do you call it? Um, oh, what's he called? I'm the guy in Warner Brothers cartoon, not, oh man, Tasmanian, Tasmanian devil, devil. Just spin. Yeah, I'm the Tasmanian devil spinning around here like crazy. And now I'm like, and you don't see everything. And now you're like, oh, there's a project. So there's a project. I, I, I'll tell you how I tried to explain it to my wife one day and then she corrected me on the shit my wife said. I looked at her and I said, babe, I feel like I think more. And she laughed and goes, no, you dummy. You don't think more. It's called focus. You're focused on one singular thing for once. Right. And that's the truth is, is for me, you know, uh, in a way, my therapist and my therapist is the one who recommended me to go get tested for ADHD. Um, she explained it to me. She goes, why do you think you doodled your entire life? You need to be distracted to actually focus. And, you know, it's those little things, but I created a ton of coping mechanisms. So when I'm not on Adderall, I'm like the Tasmanian devil and Roger Rabbit did an eight ball of crack and decided to fucking throw another party in Vegas. You know, it's just yeah. you're constantly firing, going different directions. And for me, uh, I get physically tired trying to capture all the thoughts um, that are running 10 miles an hour, 10 billion miles an hour, I should say. Yeah, it's funny because um, I asked and my I wife when I first started on Adderall it. slows you down. I, I yeah. do agree with that. Yeah, and so it's interesting. I asked my wife and I said, so I don't know if this is working. I seem like... I'm, I'm better at thinking. And that's exactly what I told her. And she says, um, continue. You're, it's, <laughs> it's, it's, it's I go, and I said, I don't know. I don't know if it's working. She goes, from the outside looking in, it's working. Yeah. And yeah. I'm like, oh, okay. Yeah. Elizabeth will tell me the days that I'm not on Adderall. Like, oh, absolutely. Like a, like a vacation from it just to make sure I'm not getting addicted to it. She'll look at me and she'll go, no projects today. I'm like, okay, because <laughs> I'm notorious when I'm not on it. I'm going to start this project, this project, this project, this project, you know, and none of them's going to get done. I did that Sunday. I didn't take Adderall <laughs> and I started 25,000 projects yep, in the house. Yep, yep. And I'm like, I'm seeing, and now that I, now that I'm back on it and I'm seeing, I'm like, oh, wow. Okay. This, 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 this. Yep. Yeah. It's, yeah, it's pretty crazy. It's transformative. When you realize that you have a challenge in your life and then you overcome that obstacle because you actually seek out help and there is help for people with ADHD. For sure. Um, they, they can really help you. And a lot of it is, you know, just not the medicine, but also the way you look at things and to realize that we're fucking crazy. Like we really are. The way that we do things doesn't make any logical sense. I, I look at it this way. It's kind of like, watching TV um, and someone's changing the channels all the time. Like it amazes me that, you know, we're on a podcast and we do podcasts because we're focused for a good amount of time. But 
our brains with, with ADHD is that it's like our channel is being changed all the time. It's just all the time. And the fact that we get anything done is incredible. And we do think outside the box. Well, and 100%, and I keep going back to it's an explanation for things. You know, I had former bosses that got frustrated with me because I had this internal switch that somehow I would flip and all of a sudden I'd blow my numbers up and completely crush and go sell stupid amounts of money. And then like the next week, it like I turn, completely turn off the spigot. I didn't notice it, but they would be like, what the hell are you doing? And, and I knew that I'd somehow turn off the spigot when they'd come up and they start talking about, you've got so much potential, you know, you should be so, I'm like, the fuck are you talking about? And then I'd turn on the spigot, you know, and I'd be the top producing salesperson again. And it was the most bizarre thing. But for me, if I lost interest, if it didn't excite me in the moment, I was out. And, you know, that's like an instant turnoff. And it was funny. My, my therapist, she goes, we were in one of my sessions and she goes, do you leave the kitchen cabinets open often? I'm like, yeah, my wife yells at me all the time. <laughs> and she's like, you need to go get diagnosed with ADHD. I'm like, get the fuck out of here. I don't have anything. She goes, go get diagnosed. She goes, I'll write a letter. I'm like, I said, what's the freaking kitchen doors going to do for anything? And she said, it's one of the things that I've found as a high indicator of somebody with ADHD is they literally forget to close the door and they can be staring right at it because their mind's already moved on from the moment. Right. right. You know, and so I think for a lot of people to understand how our minds are clicking, um, and some of your biggest achievers in the world have ADHD. So it is somewhat of a superpower if you can learn to harness Absolutely. it. Absolutely. Absolutely. You know, but yeah. we just move on even if we're still right there in the moment. It's like when people forget a memory when they walk through a door, we're doing it without having to move anywhere. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, we almost have time machines um, in our brain. It's kind of like, you know, you think about you work out of the house and um, I go upstairs to get a glass of water and I'm like, oh man, I got to do laundry. And I'll start yeah. the laundry and then I start half the laundry and I hear the dog bark or something. And I'm like, oh, who's at the door? Oh, it's a package. And then it takes... It took me 15, 20 minutes to get a glass of water yeah. and I've started multiple projects and, you know, I eventually make my way back to the office and hear alarms going off because I have a very rigorous schedule of what I'm supposed to yeah. do now, which really, really helps. And yeah, it's, uh, ah, yeah. But yeah, I will say for entrepreneurs in general that it's, it's a beautiful thing as long as you don't allow yourself to get frustrated uh, with how you show up. I mean, I wear my team out because I'm constantly yeah. like, all right, guys, we're going to do this. We're going to do this. We're going to do this. And we're constantly adding and going. And so most times they're trying to keep up. And then they'll tell me that I throw them a curveball every once in a while because I'll stop for two seconds and go, okay, what's your game plan? And they kind of looked at me they're like, you kind of always come up with a game plan. I'm like, yeah, I know. Your turn. Let's go. What do you got? And because I'm just constantly moving, they're like, yeah, we need to put some time together to figure out. I'm like, no, nah, screw that. What's step one? What's the first thing we need to do? And then I'll come back at them. And so some of them have learned now that they're going to sit across from me. They always have a game plan, their backup. So I, because if they don't, we're going to go down the path right now and then build whatever game plan I want to build. So uh, um, that's why I said, my wife always says, being married to an, uh, an entrepreneur is like, 
freaking riding pet shotgun and a car going 200 miles an hour with no steering wheel and no seatbelt. It's kind of the same way being married to somebody with ADHD. Yeah. And we tend to turn on a dime yeah. really quick. Like really quick. Dog I will say up. that. Squirrel. Yeah. <laughs> oh, we absolutely are. Uh, absolutely we are. You know, it's funny because um, people with ADHD used to have this stigma. And now um, I love that it's getting more in the mainstream and it's not a stigma and people are talking about it. I mean, you can look on TikTok and you can see, and there's great information and people are embracing it and that, you know, it, it's a challenge. However, I love the fact that I have that brain because what I'm able to create and to shift and pivot and see things that other people can't see out of the box, uh, I think is a beautiful gift to have. I, I do. The, the, my one struggle with the mainstream right now is everybody's trying to label this as neuro something or I forget what the fuck they call it. And oh yeah, uh, I saw that. I didn't even know what it was. I, I you know, the, the, it bored me so much that I didn't even watch the video. Neuro, yeah. neuro. Yeah, I know what you're talking about. And I'm like, I'm gonna look it up. Why the fuck are yeah. you trying to to label this a thing? You know, can I just be Donnie? Look, I mean. As soon as you put me into a box and they're they're roping in, you know, all these different mental things, and I'm like, I don't even understand where the hell you guys are coming from. You know, it Yeah. They're 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 I'm roping trying to in. think uh yeah, so I get it. I'm trying to think of what it is. Let me see if I can find it. I know it neurodivergent and the fact is, I know that, that in my head yeah. I didn't even look have to look it up I was like before I even got it but yeah neurodivergent and that's a whole nother yeah, well, I, I, mean, I don't even know what it is now they're taking people with bipolar ADHD autism right. and they're trying to loop us all in this one big pie I'm like well stop stop I don't yeah. want to be in a big pie of people you know I, 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 can I just be Donnie can I just do my thing Right. You know, right. Uh, I don't need you to save me. Um, you know, well, we'll spend- it's interesting about it's interesting about that neurodivergent. And I'm probably going to get hate mail. I don't care. Um, uh, you're but welcome, it seems it seems very it seems that it's for people that get triggered easy um, because the videos that I've seen, they're like, well, if you know someone who's this, then you should respond to them this way because mm-hmm. it affects them this way. And I'm like. I'm an old, I'm an old guy, man. You, we've yeah. been around. I'm in my fifties. I'm sorry, but I, I'm not gonna. It's not my, gonna happen. My favorite video, um, kind of along this topic, is there's a really, really funny uh, little person comedian. I can't remember his fucking name. But oh, he's he, hilarious. I know yeah, exactly what you're talking hilarious. about. And yeah, he comes out. Yeah. And he goes, and and one of his skits is like, you know what pisses me off is people who are trying to defend me who aren't another little person. Like, we're good. We, we, we I can defend myself. And that's how I feel about this whole neurodivergent thing. Like, I don't need you to pick up your sword and shield and fucking try and be my champion. I got me, right? Freaking, uh, and I, we're in a world right now where everybody wants to go save everybody else's shit versus letting people step up and figure it out themselves. Yeah. Not to. That, com- that comedian is Brad Williams. Yeah, dude, he's fucking uh, hilarious. He's- He's funny. Um, I just saw him the other night. He's got a, he's got, uh, it's called Fun Size. Uh, you can check it on YouTube. It's kind of funny. It's, he's just so funny. And you know what I love about that is the fact that, you know, and this is about, you know, you only fail if you quit. Yep. And just imagine being, being that size and the abuse that he must take and how he decided that he's not going to quit, that he's going to embrace 
what life gave him of his size and his stature. And he's going to take his personality and his, his, his wit and his wisdom, and he's going to become a stand-up comedian. Yep. And it's not an easy thing to do. And he did it. And I, I have to say that it's really um, so inspirational to see him up there. And, you know, I'm sure the first time he did it, he got some sympathy laughs, but he earns his laughs and he's oh. really funny. And, well, and you can tell the only way you can be that damn funny is as you put in the time. So he's getting on these big ass stages and doing these skits and stuff. I mean, you know, he's told that joke 500 times in different freaking smoky little dive bar comedy clubs, perfecting the craft and he's perfected the craft and it's brilliant. You know, it's yeah. it's like uh, the guy Tyrion Lannister. I forget his uh, 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 what the fuck is Tyrion's real name? It was on the tip of my tongue, but he refused to take any role that was going to typecast him as a, an elf or a, or a leprechaun. Oh, or, you're talking about the he, guy from Game of Thrones, yeah, you know, yeah, the yeah, Game yeah, of yeah. Thrones guy. Peter that, and Peter then the movie and. And then the movie Elf, when he goes, oh, you're a you're yeah. an angry elf. Yeah. <laughs> what a great actor he is. Oh, phenomenal. Phenomenal. If you want to see one of the greatest commencement speeches of all times, go watch Peter Dinklage's uh, commencement speech. The last two minutes of that speech are one of the most powerful speeches I've ever heard in my life. Um, and, and the gist of it is um, fail, fail fast, fail better. Uh, and he's kind of the one for me that coined the whole thought process of failing better. And like, God, that's brilliant. Um, but it's that whole thing is they took what some people may look at them as as a flaw, possibly, or whatever else, and be like, fuck you, hold my beer and watch yeah. this and watch me tackle life. And you keep Absolutely. up. Absolutely. Yeah. You know, I, I love, you know, when we talk about fail, and I'm this way, is that People think that failure is a negative thing. It's a bad thing. It's an it's a it's a it's a um, a marker to let you know where you pivot and adjust to get to where you want to be. It's kind of like you make a sandwich. You want to make a bacon and lettuce and tomato sandwich, and you take your bread, you put the mayonnaise on the outside, you put the bacon on the inside, you don't cut the tomato, and you don't wash the lettuce. You eat it. You got mayonnaise over your hands. The the sandwich tastes terrible. And you're like, well, that's a failure. Okay, great. Now, what did I learn different? You know, I don't want the mayonnaise on my hands. Let me put it on the inside. You know, that sandwich was so thick. It was six inches thick. So I had a big giant tomato on there. Close that. You know, there was a worm in my lettuce. I probably should clean it. So now you put the mayonnaise on the inside. You slice the tomato. You wash the lettuce. Throw some bacon on there. And you have success. And then next time you may say, is it a failure? Maybe I should toast it. But it's all those little things in life that, you know, failure is something that can destroy someone when they look at it as failure. But it's not. It's a marker from the universe to let you know where you can shift and pivot. Yeah, I 100% billion percent agree. I mean, this is why I'm changing up the whole thought process because people get hung up on the word failure. So I love yes. this idea that, that life is an experiment because if it's an experiment, right, this is just a trial, right? This is just one way of doing it. And fuck, that way didn't work. Cool. Like you said, let's figure out what worked, what inside of that, what didn't work, and let's go about it again and do it better. We do these things inside of our company called Champions Codes. And a Champions Code is just kind of our, our guidelines for how we do everything in business. So along my driveway, 
if I go too far to the right, I've got a 40 foot drop off into my creek. And, nice. you know, so I, when I'm four o'clock in the morning walking, I jokingly tell everybody, I got to keep it between the ditches. One way I walk into a fence, the other one I walked my death, you know. So, so our champion's codes keep us out of the ditches. And one of our uh, codes is go break shit. And we put that code in place because I needed myself and the people around me constantly trying new things, knowing shit's going to break, things are going to go chaotic, and doing them anyway so we can learn how to do it right. And yeah. we just know if things get complacent, if we're not growing, if we're not doing the right things, then it's 100% because we're not breaking shit. Um, and that's we're trying to completely reframe how everybody looks at this stuff. Yeah, it's interesting because words are so powerful. Language is so powerful. Um, you know, the words that come out of your mouth really put things into reality. And the language that you use, for one, it's your subconscious mind. It's also spiritual in a universal way. Uh, it's so important of the words you use. And over the last years, words have changed and they've taken on such emotional baggage. And I think it's, it's really challenging now for a lot of people to get through their day because of the words and how they impact people in that they're now very triggerable. Well, I, there, there's a cure for that. It's really, really, really simple. And I truly believe this is a cure because there's obviously something wrong. And the cure is the one simple phrase. It's my fault. And uh, I learned this after reading Jocko Willick's book, Extreme Ownership, which I fucking believe everybody in this world should read. Um, but what it did for me is as I was building the business is if something broke, I immediately said, man, sorry, guys, that one's on me. And my team for the longest time were getting mad at me. They're like, no, you didn't fuck that up. We did. And I'm like, no, no, guys, look, that went foul. Here's why. It's my fault because X, Y, Z should have happened. What I found is I'm not saying I have a fault. I am saying I fucked up something that caused whatever just happened to happen. And the moment I say it's my fault, my brain goes into solution mode. How do we fix it? How do we make it better? How do we do it right? The minute I don't take ownership of that thing and don't say it's my fault, I immediately go to fucking victim mode and start blaming people for what went south. And as soon as I do that, you know, I, I turn off solution and creative thinking and I immediately go to see what you did, see what you did, see what you did, right? And, and I had to train my team to like, guys, when I'm telling you it's my fault, I do believe it's my fault. Somewhere along the line, something I did was the wrong decision that left us to here. And as long as I understand that always, there's a fix, there's a solution, there's a way forward. And if more people would use brace that phrase, it's my fault, we would freaking heal a lot of the stupid shit that's happening in our times. Absolutely. You know, I promised some laughter. And so I was saying, you know, something happens with your team and you're saying, it's my fault. It's my fault. And they're like, well, what is it? I hired you. Yes. yes. <laughs> that's the <laughs> so, real thing. That's a real thing. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I, yeah. It's my fault. I hired you. That's that's exactly what happens. So. Yeah. If it keeps break it, breaking this over and over and over again, you know, that's the final solution is, well, fuck, you know, I shouldn't have hired you. But but yeah, that, that's a real thing. 
that's a real thing. I know. Hey, man, Donnie, thank you so much for being here today. You got to come back because uh, we could talk about we could talk about the the language and the words fear for another show. But I definitely want to have you back. But thank you so much for being here today. Really appreciate it. Absolutely. And guys, do me one favor. If you got any value out of this listening to Rob and I talk and you got one tip you can use, do him a favor and share this out with at least one other person. I can tell you having my own show, growing my audience is one of the toughest things in the world, but you can help him spread his message by sharing this episode or any other episode of his you listen to with one person who you think would give value. It's like literally walking up and giving him a virtual hug. It'll mean the world to him. It will mean the word, world to me. Thank you. I got choked up. And if you want to reach Donnie, you should. It's DonnieBovine.com. It's B-O-I-V-I-N.com. And it will be uh, written in the show notes. Um, they're just for you. So, yeah, perfect. Thanks, brother. So I want to thank everybody for being here and listening, your support, and taking time of your busy and precious day to listen. I so appreciate it. Thank you for allowing me along, my very special guest, Donnie Bovine to touch your heart, move your soul, laugh, and inspire you to live a life of transformation. I'm Rob Actis. Until next time. This is Life Transformation Radio. Download complete. <laughs>